Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today's another AMA episode. That is, ask me anything. I love to answer your questions. If you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to victor at victorjm.com. That's victor at victorjm.com. David from Seattle asks, Your recent episodes on the Fed and the worrying size of their balance sheet are timely but also quite unnerving. Given the potential strong inflationary pressure in the coming years, two popular hard assets come to mind, gold and real estate. In terms of cash flow, gold bars don't generally generate cash flow, whereas apartments can cash flow very well. Moreover, fixed-rate mortgage carried by most real estate also works for the owner under high inflation. On the other hand, physical gold is free of counterparty risk, whereas real estate might have some limited counterparty risk. Which one is better in hedging against inflation? How should investors think about their asset allocation between gold and real estate as we head into inflation or even stagflation? I like how you've addressed gold and real estate in depth separately in other episodes, but I know quite a few investors have this gold versus real estate debate, and hence the question. Well, David, that's a great question. I'm left feeling it's a little bit like asking which is better for you, broccoli or tofu. The truth is, you need both vegetables and protein. It's not really a question between one or the other, but it's a question of proportion. You are correct in stating that gold has no counterparty risk. For those who don't remember or don't know what counterparty risk is, if I loan you money, that loan shows up as a liability on your balance sheet and as an asset on my balance sheet. However, it only remains an asset as long as you repay the loan. That asset is carrying that risk, and that risk is called the counterparty risk. The reason the financial system nearly collapsed in 2008 was because of counterparty risk. When you're talking about precious metals, holding the physical metal has no counterparty risk. You're holding the very thing. If you hold gold certificates, then you're holding a claim on gold, and that claim is subject to counterparty risk. You're correct in saying that gold doesn't cash flow, but I also want you to think more broadly than rate of return. Think about the utility of precious metals. Let's say we have another financial crisis. The banks are closed for a few weeks, maybe longer. The automated banking machines are empty, and there's a lineup at the grocery store. Most people have no cash, but you are holding a few one-ounce silver coins, each worth today about $15. You're going to jump to the front of the line. Holding a one-ounce gold coin is actually too much value to be holding in your hands at that moment. It's not easily traded and it's not easily cut into little slices. But silver would be perfect in that situation. It's a very tradable quantity. Let's imagine for a moment that things have gotten worse. There's social unrest and there are protests in the streets. You decide you want to get safe passage for you and your family to someplace calm. Let's say the Cayman Islands until things blow over. The economy is broken down and getting transportation is difficult. Silver coins might get you part of the way there, but you're going to need way too many of them. You might think you need something about $10,000 worth of emergency funds to get you there and cover some living expenses for a short period of time. A few gold coins would come in very handy at that moment. Or let's say you have a family member living in another country and you need to get some financial assistance to them. The banks are not trusting each other. And so wire transfers are frozen. We saw that happen back in 2008. Having a transportable amount of gold gives you a transportable amount of wealth that you can bring with you physically and maybe help out a family member. In terms of creating long-term wealth, real estate is an effective hedge against inflation. 
Now, we don't typically leverage our ownership of precious metals, whereas real estate is a much better suited to leverage, especially income-producing real estate. But here, too, the leverage has got to be responsible. Too much leverage would expose you to financial risk. Generally speaking, with income-producing assets, leverage can be your friend. Inflation increases the rents. Inflation pumps up asset prices. I also firmly believe that governments are underreporting inflation. Not only are there multiple reasons for them to do so, there's ample evidence that they are, in fact, underreporting inflation. That's one of the effects of inflation, is it tends to wipe out debt. Just like it wipes out savings, it wipes out debt. And that's one of the beauties of holding hard assets, is that hedge against inflation. So back to your original question. What proportion of your assets should you hold in real estate versus precious metals? If I listen to the experts who we've interviewed on the show before, they often recommend somewhere between 5 to 10% of your wealth should be held in precious metals. But rather than thinking about it on a percentage basis, think about the utility of precious metals in a crisis situation. I'm not one of these survivalists that's recommending you build a bunker, you know, 80 feet below your house. But I do believe it would be responsible for you to have at least one or two emergency scenarios planned out and funded using precious metals. As you think about that, maybe go shopping for a few gold coins. Have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.